All right, Father, thank you so much um, for our church. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for the hearts that you bring in every single week, different times of the week, different events going on, and you build them, and you conform us to your likeness. You make us more like you. God, as we look at the word today and we talk about the, the principle of first, is God really first in our life? God, I pray that you would have us to have open hearts, like to have a, an honest moment of reflection. I'm not about the, the, like being in church, so I should say this, but really, God, challenge us in areas that we need to be challenged and confirm us in areas that we're doing great. We don't want to walk into the room and always be like, I'm missing the mark, because sometimes we're not, and we just need your affirmation to say, way to go, son, or way to go, daughter. So give me clear words as I preach, listening ears for those hearing, whether they're in the house or online. God, we just pray that you would bless us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are going to talk about the principle of first this morning. Now, it's interesting, like so far we've covered like that your, your service or your giving or your stewardship is all about your heart. That was the first thing. Now, can we give it up for Santosh? Because I thought he did a really great job last week. Did a really great job, especially talking about generosity. That was remarkable to me. When he talked about his dad and the generosity, helping his dad go to school, and he's like, hey, look, and I'm here today doing ministry because of somebody else's generosity. Man, I just like, see, sometimes we think that we give and it doesn't have a big impact. You just don't know. See, because God can take five bucks and make it a million. Hello? All right, let me say it better. Let me say it better. God can take five bucks and make it a soul. That's how we should think. So money is always about building kingdom. It's not about a church being blessed or a ministry being blessed. It's about people coming to know Christ. And that's part of the heart issue, part of the generosity issue. Ultimately, God wants your heart. So this morning, we're going to talk about the principle of firsts. Now, this is all throughout the scriptures. So I got a question for you. Who's first in your life? God. Yeah, that's what we're in church, right? That's what we're supposed to say. But I'm going to challenge you a little bit as we go through this because you might find there are areas areas where God's not first. Now, by the way, I would suggest to you that every one of us, say every one of us, in this room this morning, has an area that God is not first. We all do. It's called being human. Now, what I want you to do is be honest with those areas. I don't want you to like get defensive. That's never the goal. Our goal is to grow. Like, listen, listen, if God is first in everything in your life, everything will be in order. If he's not first, it will be in disorder. So one of the easiest ways to figure out is God in it, is there disorder in it? If there's disorder in it, that usually means God is not prioritized and that he's not first. That's usually what that means. So priorities, think like this, it's all about priorities. So how many of you guys ever heard the term preeminence? If you're a Bible student, you've heard this word before because the preeminence of God is actually a doctrine. It means that God is before all eminence. He's the first. Like Colossians says it this way, he's in all, he's all in all, he's through all, he's above all. Like if you study the scriptures, you see this all over the place, that God is first. Now listen, if you don't make him first, that doesn't make him second overall. But if you don't make him first in your life, it does make him second in your circumstances. So what are the areas that you should be considering? Like, is God first in my life? How about time? How about time? How many, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Every single one of us has the same amount of what? Time. 24 hours in a day. You can be rich, poor, busy, two job, 10 job working kid. I don't care what you do, but all of us have the same. What do you do with your time? 
Listen, I can tell you what you value by where you put your time. By the way, a lot of times, this is important to say, say this with me, Pastor, it's not evil to, to coach my kids. It's not evil. A lot of people do that. I'm going to go coach my kids. This is when it gets off track, is when you prioritize things in your life that are fun, maybe even good, but you don't, you put them like above God. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on something. Oh man, you guys, some of you are going to get mad at me right now. It's okay. You're going to get mad at me and say, I love you, Pastor James. I love you, love you. Listen, some of you guys, you put your kids in sports and you don't teach them to worship. That's one area. I watch it all the time. You, you put them in and then I watch, oh, they're in travel ball, they're in this, they're in club sports. L listen, unless your kid is really an extraordinary athlete, like Kobe kind of athlete, they ain't going to make it. I hate to break it to you. I was a good athlete. I didn't make it. I played collegiately, didn't make it. Uh, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but you, if you don't teach them to love God at a young age, that's the worst thing you could ever do. When you teach them sports is more important than Jesus, bad day. This is a bad day. Some of you are like... I already raised my kids, Pastor, then it's your grandkids. I don't know. <laughs> but you got to make sure that we are prioritizing where we're putting energy. Like, like, where do you put your free time? Where do you put your extra time? Is church a byproduct? Do you show up when it's convenient and you have time? Or is it we're going to church and everything else falls after that? Some of you are like, yeah, but you're a pastor. You're supposed to say church. True. That's true. But I'm also a pastor, and I'm supposed to say church because that's what God said. He said, don't forsake the gathering together. The fellowship is the manner of some. Amen. You don't want to do that. Listen, this is what, okay, Pastor James moment. I feel like I'm yelling at you guys. Maybe I had too much coffee. I don't think I did. But I'm, just saying that. I'm just starting early. I'm just saying. I've watched too often that people like get on their feet spiritually. Please listen. This is really important. They get on their feet spiritually. And then they start letting other things creep in. They, they, they travel, they play sports, they have club things. They try to fix it where they watch online. But there's no community element. There's no body of Christ element. There's no like receiving and giving. By the way, that is the principle of Christianity. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you become what? A servant. So it's not, listen, I love y'all, but you ain't the center of the story. Worst thing that ever happened in Christianity was when we made it about you. It's not about you, it's about God. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, not you in you, the hope of glory. Okay, that, that was mean. I'm just saying I started mean. I'm back one day, I'm already starting mean. I'm not actually telling you the truth, trying to help you grow. Trying to help you grow. What do you do with your time? Where do you put your energy? What do you do with your gifts? The way God has given you talent and ability to bless other people. What do you do with that? Do you, do you ever give it away? Listen, do you ever give it away within the body of Christ? Like, like you know, like, I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, but should we be begging for sound people? No. No. No, no it, which, listen, this is what it tells me, that there's a level of stability in your Christianity, but there's not a level of maturity in it. Look, that's really direct, I know that. But mature people understand this, that sometimes you say yes, even when you'd rather be able to just leave to lunch or go do this or, or not be committed. We're the most least committed environment community that's ever lived, ever lived. Okay, that enough? That's enough. I think that might be enough. What do you do with your time? What do you do with your stuff, your gifts? What do you do with your stuff? 
Do you honor God first or does he get your leftovers? That's ultimately what I'm saying to you. Some of you are like, oh man, you're all up in our business. Like the principle of first, this is about God's redemptive order. See, listen, when it's all said and done, he is after your what? Your heart. Does God need your money? No. No, we talked about this. God owns everything. He didn't need your money. But when he's got your heart, then you steward what you have. Does God need your gifting? Heck, he gave you your gift. He gave it to you, didn't he? Hello, church, help me out. Some of you are like, I ain't saying nothing because he might be talking about me. Let me help you. I am talking about you. I'm talking about all of us. We all have skill ability that God wants us not only to be blessed by it, to bless other people with it. So when you're talking about the priority of first, what do you do with your time? What do you do with your skill? What do you do with what God has given you, your money? I can tell you by looking at your checkbook or your bank account, where does your money go first? That's what you value. Do you honor God first? That is the principle of first. So let's go ahead and jump in. This is really about an opportunity to get blessed. We just studied through the book of Exodus. So you guys know the journey of the Israelites and Moses. So this is maybe even a little bit of a recap of some stuff that I did just several, several months ago, a couple months back. But this is really this, Exodus chapter 13, they're just now barely coming out. They're not even in the the desert quite yet. They're just starting to enter in. And this is what God says to them in verse 1 of Exodus 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, sanctify to me every firstborn. Okay, sanctify, just stay on the scripture on the screen. Sanctify, set apart to God. That's all that means. You're going to set it apart. Every firstborn, which, how many? Every firstborn the first offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both man and beast. What, 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 what? It it belongs to who? Oh, man. So what's going on here? This is the principle of firsts. By the way, I'm going to show you that it's all throughout the Bible in just a second. But this is the principle of first. God says the very first thing, it belongs to me. You're supposed to honor him with it, surrender it to him. He said of everything, man, beast, it doesn't matter. It belongs to me. Like a few weeks ago, I said to you, man, kids, they get that tone. They're like, give me that. That's mine. That's mine. Don't you? Man, I hated that when my kids were small. They'd fight her. That's mine. But in this case, God is saying that that's mine. That actually belongs to me. See, when we don't honor God with it, what happens is we're actually taking it from him. You know, we don't like to use the word theft in church, but that's actually what Malachi said, that you're stealing actually from God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I want to be stealing from God. That, that's scary. Okay, so let's jump down a few verses. Exodus 13, verse 12. He said, you shall devote to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. So every single one of them. The first offspring of every beast it's that, I, that you own, the male belongs to the Lord. But every offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb. So a donkey is considered an unclean animal. Um, But if you don't redeem it, break its neck. So either way, he's saying you're going to lose it. You're either going to redeem it or you're going to break its neck. And every firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. So he says redeem it or break its neck. Okay, so the firstborn has to be sacrificed or redeemed. That's actually what this scripture says. Now, do you think it's different in the New Testament? Really? Somebody said, yeah, I got some no's. I got some confusion. I'm like, if I say yes, that means you got me on the hook. Listen, is God different yesterday than he is today? Principles are always the same. The one thing you see in the New Testament that is distinctly different is God wants you to do it joyfully. That's what he says. I want you to give gregariously with a happy heart. That's what God says. 
So when we're actually talking about giving, the principle never changed. And we're going to show you that throughout this whole series. Like Jesus said, listen, you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, but you didn't, you, you neglected the weightier things of the law, like justice and mercy. And then Jesus says this, you should have done the former and not neglected the latter. In other words, you should have still tithed and you should have still honored with mercy and justice. It didn't change. And in the body of Christ today, this is what we think. It changed. And, and take a deep breath. We don't need your money. <laughs> Anytime I talk about this, people are like, oh, he's wants her. No, I don't. I want you to live in the principle of blessing with God. That's ultimately what this comes down to. So when the animal had a firstborn, though, the clean animals were sacrificed and the unclean animals, they were redeemed. In other words, you would sacrifice a clean one for the unclean one. Um, this is true, by the way, all throughout Scripture. Watch. I can even show you a picture of this in the Garden of Eden, this idea of first. Adam and Eve are created. They're in the garden. And what does God say? You can have anything you want, right? You guys remember this? Yeah, yeah. Except for that tree. All of them. You can have all of them, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the one he said. Don't, don't touch that one. Why? Because God didn't want us to have the knowledge of evil. But we sin, and the story starts. Now, by the way, this is just a bit of trivia. Did God forbid them from two trees or one? Just one. One. And then, when they failed, he forbid them from the second, which, which, by the way, was an expression of God's mercy. So when God said, let's take away from them the, the tree of life, because we don't want them to live forever with the knowledge of sin. We don't want to live with them perpetually living with pain and suffering and loss and death. I think that's powerfully glorious. So the firstborn must be sacrificed for the unclean. And if it was a clean animal. So I've got a question for you. Were you born clean or unclean? Oh, babies, they're so sweet. Come on, you can't tell me that a baby's not sweet and innocent. Unclean, good. I got a couple of people. You're like rolling your eyes at me. Oh, he's unclean. Okay, what about Jesus? Was he born clean or unclean? Because he was a human too, right? He was born clean. So watch, watch, pay attention. So the clean Jesus redeemed the unclean, you and me. So watch, watch, let me say it differently. Do you think maybe Jesus is God's tithe? Is, is Jesus the firstborn, yeah. listen, of all creation? Yeah. Uh, like, you got to understand what's going on here. This principle of first, even God himself practices it. Wow. And he wants us to live in the blessing of, of what Jesus did for us and then to walk in the blessing of what he do, does through us. So Jesus is actually what would be viewed as God's tithe. You think it's important to God? I do think it's important to God. Again, he doesn't need your stuff, but he does want your heart. See, see and I, I want to make sure that you understand. It's, it's faith, actually, that blesses you. That's what blesses you. It's not the stuff. Like, a lot of times we think, you know, like, if I make 100 bucks, I'll give God 10. That'd be 10%. That's not what God is talking about. He's, he, this is what he's saying. If you'll honor me with the first 10th, I'll bless the rest. Because, listen, this is what you're saying. God, I trust you to provide everything I need no matter the circumstances. Because it takes faith to give right off the top, doesn't it? Come on, if you've been given for any period of time, and if you don't give now, no stones being thrown, you're like, that's scary. That's scary. But the truth is, watch. How many of you in the room would say this because you already give? So this would be some of you in the room. Once I started giving, it was remarkable how much blessing came into my life. It's remarkable. You see hands going up all over the room. 
Because when you honor God, it opens up the windows of heaven for blessing. That's what I'm trying to teach you. You honor him first, he blesses the rest. It's an expression of our faith in him to do everything he says. So, so scriptures about this, God gave Jesus as the first fruit. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who are asleep. So this is Jesus himself being the first fruit of God. How about in Colossians 1, 15 and verse 18 together, speaking of Jesus being the, the firstborn, it says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. How many of you guys want first God first in your life? Come on. Amen. I think if you're sitting in church, you're raising your hand. This is just a principle of how to grow in your faith of honoring God with first of everything in your life. God wants us to be, make him first. God gave Jesus first before we ever did anything. So think like this. The first portion of everything that comes your way belongs to God. It's God's. And I challenge you, start praying. Start asking God to grow your faith. Start asking him to meet as you do, do this, the steps of faith to do this. So would you rather have 100% of what you earned, not giving any to God, but the rest of it is now cursed, or would you rather have 90% blessed and the 10% given to God? I, I think I, I didn't word that very well. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want to be cursed? Okay, that, I think all of us would say we want to be blessed, amen? We want to live in the principle or the cycle of blessing. So a couple of principles, any first thing given will never be lost. When you honor God first, he'll always restore. Any first thing not given, listen, is always lost. Okay, so I want to talk to you right now. I even took my glasses off for this one. You all should pay attention. This is what I watch happen in people's lives. Okay, so this is Pastor James observing people. I encourage them all the time, honor God first, whatever. I watch them work really, 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 really hard, and they run to stand still. It's like, whoo, going to go, going to go, going to get ahead, going to get ahead. Oh, the fridge broke, going to get ahead, going to get ahead. The car broke, going to get ahead, going to get ahead. I'm gonna, man, I'm tired. And God's like, listen, if you just honor me, I'll bless the rest. You don't have to, like, you should work hard. Somebody say amen. Amen. But listen, it's not your job to provide for you. It's God's job. It's your job to steward what God entrusts to you. It's not your job to work your way out of everything. Listen, this is your pastor who works really hard and does things that I probably shouldn't do sometimes to make ends meet. My wife keeps telling me, why don't you just say no? Because our daughter's getting married and we need to make extra money. Yeah, you should probably still say no. Yeah, but I got it. Am I talking to anybody else? See, we run, we run, we busy, we worry, we stress, we worry, we worry some more, we stress. None of that changes anything. Instead of saying, God, here's yours, would you bless the rest? I want to live in blessing. I want to live with the God who provides, and it doesn't make sense. How did that come about? Listen, somewhere in there, you've got to steward what God has given you. But you can't control how it goes. You've got to manage what he gives you. You've got to steward it. That's all that steward means. It means you've got to manage and honor God with it. So, so Haggai 1.6, just speaking of what I just shared with you, you have sown much. How many of you guys have sown much? Watch, let me put it in modern English. You worked really hard. None of you have sown much. You know why? Because none of you are farmers. 
We go to work. We go as engineers and accountants and restaurant folk and, and ditch diggers. Ditch diggers sounds like construction workers. That would be Caesar. He digs ditches, but he's a foreman. He, anyways, I gotta keep going. Put the scripture back on the screen. You sown much. You worked really hard, but you harvested little. What does that mean? You're trying to make it by yourself. You eat, but there's never enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but there's not enough to get warm. And he who earns, earns wages to put it into a purse with holes. I think I just said the same thing in modern vernacular. You busy, 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 busy. You run to standstill. You work really, really hard. But if you don't prioritize God, you're going to end up in trouble. Now, let me come back to what I said earlier. Prioritize God in your time. Where are you? Where do you put your energy? What do you do? We did this at Water of Life way back when. We did it with all the staffs. What do you do with your discretionary time? Man, I'll tell you what, social media is a killer for me. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I can watch videos all day long. I can watch basketball and football and fishing and, and political opinions. And then three hours later, I'm like, what a waste of time that was. Come on, am I telling on anybody here? Come on, I know I'm telling on you. Some of you are all like, I'm just ignoring Pastor right now because he's, he's up in my grill right now. Now, listen, listen, I know how to waste time too. What do you do with your time? What do you do with your skill? Not only professionally, but where do you give it away? Now, watch, watch. Let me talk about spiritual gifts just for a second. Do you all know that every single one of you has a spiritual gift? You're like, yeah, yeah, mine's to hide in the back, Pastor, and sneak out. No, it, no, it's not. <laughs> Everybody's got a gift. Some people vacuum, some people sing, some people teach, some people do techie stuff, some people serve the poor, some people serve the kids. Everybody has a what? Yeah. Are, you, are you giving your gift? Yes. Are you giving it? And then your stuff is what we've been talking about. How are you managing what God has blessed you with? How are you doing with that area? See, if you don't bring it and honor God with it, then you'll have holes of, or purses with holes in it. So you'll be working really hard to never get ahead. Okay, so the, the first thought, first thought, let me go back to my notes. Um, first thought is, man, I can't even see in my own notes. Uh, first, first fruits must be offered. Okay, offered. Oh, wait, firstborn must be sacrificed to redeem. Second one is first fruits must be offered, must be offered. So Exodus 23, 19, he says, you shall bring the choice first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord, your God. I want you to notice that word there is, it, it says to bring it. it. Doesn't say to give it. I'm going to get to that in just a second. You bring it to the house of the Lord. You bring the first in faith. You honor God with the first. For Proverbs 3, chapter, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. See, God is saying, I want you to honor the first. Like, like God even had the Israelites practice this. How many of you guys remember the battle of Jericho? Man, is this a cool battle or what? March around seven days, the, the seventh day, seven times. By the way, the Ark of the Covenant went into battle. That was forbidden by God, but not in this situation. So he, he sends them, they dun da da you know, and the walls fall. And then God says in that particular incident, everything, all of the spoil, everything you get from Jericho, 
bring it into the treasury of God. He says, bring it into the storehouse of God. He, he says, I don't want you to touch any of it. This is Joshua 6.19. It says, but all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze, iron, they're holy to the Lord, and they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So why did God ask for everything in Jericho? Because it was the first of 10 cities. Is that wild? Like God is showing us by practice what it is we're supposed to do. We're supposed to honor him with everything. It was the first city they can. Now watch. When, how many guys remember Achan? This is all in the story of Jericho. I'm kind of telling you the story, narrating a little bit. Achan, like this, the story with Achan is Achan was Achan. You know, because Achan decided he was going to keep some of the spoils. After God just said, Tell the people, don't touch anything. Don't keep it. Don't try to hoard it. Like, there's several different incidences in Scripture where people hoarded what God said to give, and every single time it brought about judgment. But watch, just, just a couple quick notes on what God says about this. This is in Joshua chapter 7, verse 13. He says, rise up, consecrate the people, set them apart to God. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, he said, there are things under the ban in your midst. Okay, what the ban, what does that mean? You cannot stand before your enemies until you've come and removed the things that are under the ban from your midst. Okay, so a couple other versions, New King James, that word ban is translated accursed. Okay, in the message version, it's translated cursed. So in other words, when you keep it, it's actually what? So if God says you're supposed to honor him with the first part and you keep it, what happens? Uh It's It's actually cursed. So I don't know about you guys. How many of you guys want curses in your household? Me neither. Now listen, listen. I always need to say this because sometimes people feel, you're manipulating me, Pastor. I promise you I'm not manipulating. I'm trying to teach you the word of God right now. I'm trying to teach you how to understand that when you don't honor God with what he says to do, it's just craziness. It's not the right way for us to think about spirituality. Like so often we think God doesn't really think that way. Like we rationalize the word of God. Like is God really that? He said, bring it into the house of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, but I know this missionary and I want to help him. I want to help him. That's a good thing to help a missionary, isn't it? Where did God say to bring it? That that, that was Jason. Jason, quiet for a second. Where did God say to bring it? Into the storehouse, into the house of the Lord. But listen, a lot of times we want to direct where it is that we give. And God didn't say we could do that. He said, you bring it into the house of God. You want to give beyond that? No problem. Plenty of room for that. But in terms of where you bring it, what you do with it, how you handle it, you ever wonder why, why Abel's offering um, was accepted, but Cain's wasn't? You guys ever wondered that? Like, have you ever read the Bible and thought, what about Ananias and Sapphira? Whoo, they brought it and God killed them. Well, they lied. They tried to make it like it was something it wasn't, and God judged them for that. You're like, well, that's New Testament. Well, that was an, they were still under the Old Testament, right? No, I'm pretty sure that's New Testament. Jesus had died and risen. Hello? Pretty sure that is New Testament. You're like, so could I die by not giving? No, no, no. Don't hear me say that. What I will say is this. There is something of living in blessing that when you honor God first, you don't have to worry about the repercussions. That's why you honor him first. It's a matter of heart. 
not a matter of details and all of that kind of stuff. But back to Cain and Abel, Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the first fruits of the ground, or the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fatted portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. Because, listen, he brought the first, and the other one did it over the course of time. He brought an offering. So watch, watch, watch. Did he bring an offering? Did he bring a first? He didn't. I'm telling on some of y'all right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you know, like, I kind of give, sort of, not really. Like, yeah, I give. This is about honoring God. This is about putting him first. Like, watch, watch, watch. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but God cannot, say cannot, accept second best. I don't know if you've ever really thought about this. Listen, if God could accept second best, then any expression of somebody saying God would get you to heaven, wouldn't it? That means Muslims, Mormons, Buddhists, it doesn't matter. Any like, hey, it's just God generally speaking, right? We're all going to get to God or Allah or something. We're all going to get there. If God could accept second best, then he would take any expression of faith in a God. But because God can't take second best, there's only one mediator between man and God. And that is the man, Christ Jesus. So listen, I love some of y'all are sitting around, you're talking with people like, man, but they love God. Do they, do they honor Jesus as their Messiah and their Savior? Listen, in our culture, it is all roads lead to God. It's all roads lead to God. Scripturally, that is not accurate. It is completely, actually, it is antichrist is what that is technically observed as. When something makes a way to God without Christ, that is akristos in the Greek. Antichrist. It's against Christ. All roads don't. See, God can't take second bet. Listen, it's a theological immutability. God can't change, so he can't take less. All roads don't lead to God. But we've promoted that, and, and just, you hear it on, like, we're going to go long today, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I watch social media, and over and over and over, I'm particularly talking to the younger generation, mostly, but I am talking to all of you all. You buy spirituality based on somebody's opinion who put up on TikTok, I think God's okay with homosexuals, or I think God's okay with every religion. People love God. They deny Jesus. Whatever it might be, you hear that, and what it does is it desensitizes you to truth. So when you hear truth from a pastor preaching the word of God, this is what you do. No, no way. God ain't that strict. It's a theological immutability for God to accept Second best. Period. Otherwise, the cross of Christ was in vain. Why did Jesus die for our sins if you don't need Jesus? Listen, I'm trying to help you guys be aware. Like my hope is in the spiritual arena, yes, the demonic realm, that some of you will jump onto social media like you might be on it right now while I'm preaching. You'll be scrolling like, ooh, that's wrong now. That's what pastor was saying. That's wrong. I'm hoping that you have aha moments where you're like, that is not in line with what the scriptures teach. And I need to pay attention to that.
See, because listen, at the end of the day, you talk all the first you want. God first wants your heart. He wants your attention, your allegiance. The stuff comes second. Second. The priority is, does he have your heart? From there, everything else flows. From there, everything else will flow. See, God can't accept less than what he stated. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. There is one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. By the way, the Genesis account is 2,500 years before the law. 2,500 years before God even implemented tithing as a mandate, you see tithe. You see offering. You see firsts all the way back then. See, God is so perfect. I think God is awesome. Like sometimes like I think of God as like, what if he were an athlete? Because I'm an athlete. So some of you, if you're not athletic, you'll check out. But if God played golf, what would be his score? The golfers are laughing. It would be 18 because he would shoot 18 holes in one. That's what would happen. Watch. What about if God played baseball? What would he bat if God played baseball? He'd bat 1,000. Watch. Let me add to it. And he'd hit a home run every at bat. I mean, how perfect is God? He's that perfect. There's, you can't lower who he is to make him okay with second best. God is perfect. Okay, so the tithe, number three, the tithe. In your notes, you guys have notes. The tithe is to be brought first. Brought. Notice that word. Second Chronicles 31.5. As soon as the, the order spread, the sons of Israel provided in abundance the first fruits of grain, new wine, honey, and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly a tithe, or the tithe, of all of those things. Now watch, Malachi 3.10, so those of you who are wondering, is the tithe, bring the whole tithe. How much of the tithe? The whole tithe into the what? Storehouse. What's the storehouse? The body, the church. It's the church. You can try to manipulate that however you want. It, it was the temple in the Old Testament, it's the church in the New. That's not, like, that's not up for grabs. People always want to make it like I can do it however I, I was helping my sister or my brother get on their feet so I'm not given to the body of Christ. Listen, can I help you? Send them in. We'll help them. That's the model. Because when you send them in and help them, I'll sit down with them and say, where's your life at? Oh man, I ain't walking with Jesus. I don't even know Jesus. Let's talk about getting Christ into your heart. Is that a better model than helping your crazy sister? I know your sister ain't crazy. I know you, you love her to pieces. But isn't that a better model? Isn't it a better model for the church to be able to help people within the body of Christ? Listen, listen, listen close and not rely on the government. That was never the picture of God. His desire was never that the government would take care of people. By the way, I honor government, not speaking against. That's not what I'm saying. Talking about priorities. The realm of, of the church was supposed to play a spiritual element in people's lives so that they could go there to get cared for spiritually, emotionally, sometimes physically. That's the picture. That's what we're supposed to be. I want to tell you a story. I'm so out of my notes right now, you guys don't even know. You don't have my notes, but you don't know. I'm trying to get back in them. You guys do have some notes, so I'm not too far. But anyways, so my kids went to Western Christian. You're like, oh, pastor, you're bougie. Your kids went to private school. No, 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 no. 
there was no bougie about this. I was coaching tennis and I was busting hump. I was trying to make ends meet. I was doing side work. I, I didn't want my kids in the public school environment. By the way, if you're a public school teacher, I pray for you often because it is crazy out there. Way to go. But if I had the choice, I want them in an environment where they're not forced to study LGBTQ and all the race theory. I just didn't want that for them. Like I figured I'd like to get them to adulthood before they need to process stuff like that. Incidentally, I know not all schools are as bad as I, I get that. Don't need to write comments or send me an email. But I went and I sat down with the guy and I said, I can't afford to do this. And he said, how much money do you need? And I said, that's an embarrassing question, man. You ever sat wanting something and then somebody says to you, how much money? And you're like, oh, Got a million bucks? No, I'm fine. Like, no, that doesn't feel like that, though. It's a little bit embarrassing. And then he said this. This was one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard from another spiritual guy. He said, listen, if your church tithed the way that it was supposed to, you and I would not be having this conversation because you would be getting paid better. Incidentally, our church pays me well. I don't want you guys thinking it. But in these days, they didn't. <laughs> okay, so this is a few years back. You know, my son's 23, so you're talking quite a few years ago. Actually, let me take that back. I think our church has always compensated me well. Better today than that. But back to what I was saying. He said, if your church paid you the way that you should be paid, we wouldn't be having this conversation. How much money do you need? I put a sheet in front of him. I said, that number right there, that's how much I can actually afford a month without going into debt to have my kids here. He said, okay. Let me talk to the board. Called me later that day. You're in. Wow, wow. So you tell me it doesn't work. By the way, tithing faithfully. I've probably been tithing faithfully for 25 years. Wow. 25 years. So don't tell me God can't bless you because he paid me way more in that than I ever could have by trying to do it myself. Mm -hmm. You guys just got to understand the picture of how God works. When you trust him, stuff like that will happen. And you'll just be like, where, how did I end up getting my kids into private school? Because somebody understood biblical stewardship. And he said to me, I'll bless you if you'll let me. I'll bless you if you'll let me. Okay, so it is really important that we understand. Okay, back to Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, provision. And he said, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you until it overflows. Watch, watch, and he goes on. Then I'll rebuke the devourer. By the way, when you're busy, busy trying to take care of yourself, something's stealing your junk. We'll call it hell, the world, brokenness, fallen world, sin, whatever it might be. I'll rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor will your vine cast it, in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord. So the Bible always uses this, though. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring. Notice it didn't say give. Because you can't give something that isn't yours. Because the first part belongs to who? God. Didn't he say it belongs to God. me? He said it belongs to me. So watch, watch. Heather and I are going to go out of town. And um, we have a car. And, and Faith's car, this is just an illustration by the way, but Faith's car Faith's car is broken down. So she goes, hey, Pastor, you're going out of town for the week. Could I borrow your car? Like, can I borrow your car while you're out of town? That way I don't have to rent a car. My car's going to be in the shop. Well, well, sure, why not? So the end of the week comes, and I get home, and Faith goes, 
you know, hey, um, pastor, could we meet? I want to share something with you. So she sits down with Heather and I, and she says, listen, pastor, I want to tell you how much I love you, and I want to give you this car. Okay, I'd be like, you ain't giving me nothing. You're bringing my car back, girlfriend. That's my car. You can't give to me what is mine. Now, you can bring the car back, hopefully in one piece, by the way, but, but you can't give what isn't yours to give. That'd be like me loaning her car and her giving it to Mickey. It's not hers to give. Does this make sense? You bring it to God. You don't give it to God. You bring it to God. See, often we want to do this with our tithe. We want to distribute it. We want to give it to a missionary, to World Vision, to our, our family member who's hurting. We want, to, we want to direct where the money's going. You ever felt the need to direct where the, come on, let's be honest, church. You ever felt like, man, I know I'm supposed to tithe, but that person needs help. They need groceries. I think I'll go buy them some groceries because God would want me to help them, right? Yes. By the way, the answer to that is yes. After, after you've already given to God, you can't, listen, this is what's happening when that happens. God says, bring the whole tithe. Honor me with the first. Bring the whole tithe. Okay? And then something happens. We go, oh, man, you know, I got this 500 bucks set aside to tithe or whatever your number is. You know, I got this 500 bucks. I got to tithe it. Oh, man, but, but my friend, her car broke down, and she needs 200 bucks for a tire, so I'm going to help her out with her tire. So there's the 200, and I'll give the other 300 to God. Did you, did you tithe? No. You didn't tithe. You didn't tithe. This is what's actually happening. God's saying tithe and be generous on top of it. And instead of being generous, which, by the way, you get even more blessed when you're generous. You've got to know that, too. It's like multiplies. What we do is we, we actually move into a position of not being blessed because we took what belongs to God and we gave it to somebody else. Ooh, man, I'll tell you what. First time I heard this, it was convicting. You know why it's convicting? Because I used to do that all the time. I help this person, buy that person groceries, put some gas in that person's car. Okay, God, here's your tithe. And God would be like, that ain't a tithe. That ain't 10%. You bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Listen, I love y'all. I can tell by the look on your faces. Some of you are like, man, I don't agree with that. Okay, stay stuck. I, I like, listen, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to teach you what the scriptures say about firsts. You honor God first, you bring it first, then live in blessing. Give over and above, and you'll be shocked at how much. Watch. Show of hands. How many of you have lived over and above, and God has blessed you? Come on. There are more hands than that. How many of you, well, let me say it different. How many of you have given after you've given to God, and you were shocked by it? Like, you're like, oh, man, God wants me to give this away, and you sacrifice, and then God check in the mail. Something happens. You go to get something fixed, and it was less money than it was supposed to be. Uh, come on. Michael ran over a concrete block in his car, demolished. I called a buddy of mine who's a mechanic. He said, replace the engine. I'm like, oh, man, that's like, like even if we do the work, that's probably 1,200 bucks, 1,500 bucks. Well, we climbed under there, we wrenched it. I went and spent a day at Pick Apart, found the parts, $89 later, the car is running. Okay, I, I don't know, that's how I think God works. Did I put a little bit of like research into figuring out how to do it? Yes. Did I put a little bit of sweat and grease on my hands to figure it out? 
Yes. Is this car running again? Yes. yes. Did we just save like 1300 bucks? That, that's how it, listen, church, that is how it works. That's how God will do it. He'll show you a way. He'll make a way. He'll provide a way. Uh, it just, it's, man, I, I want to keep bragging on him. Can I brag a little more? I don't know if you guys remember last year, I, I, I came into church and I was complaining because we, we live in the high desert now, which I, it's cool. I like our house, but it's hot up there. It's hotter than down here anyways. And we had an electric bill come through our electric bill. I was like, oh, man. It's like, I think it was like 800 bucks. Yeah. It's her fault. She like, no, I'm playing. <laughs> no, she, no I, I said I was playing. I'm only kidding. It's not her fault. We had the air on. It was really hot. There was like a window where it was like 110 every day. Wow. And so, so I'm like, I've got to do something about this. Remember, research. I'm a research guy. You should be a research person too. So I got online. How do you cool down a house without paying a boatload of money in AC? Somebody said, get a whole house fan. Yeah. Like, whole house fan? Like, yeah, let's check that out. So I start hunting on, on Craigslist. Incidentally, I find a $2,000 quiet, cool house fan. It's like top of the line. Like you turn it on and your house floats. That's how much air. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> but, you know, but it sucks serious air. 500 bucks instead of 2,000. I put it in. Ask me what my biggest electric bill. Go on, ask this year. 300. Now you're like, how does that work? How does that work? Because you steward what God has entrusted to you and he makes ways. You understand? Listen, this is how it works, you guys. Like even when I called the guy to buy the quiet cool thing, I called him, Henry's holding up a communion. You still got communion, Pastor. You're going to go forever. You're right. I told you I was going long. No, I'm playing. Um, I called the guy, and the guy said, I got it for my house. It's too big. And so I go to his house. I buy it from him. I call quiet cool, and this is what they say to me. How did you even get that? That's a builder model. I said, from a builder? <laughs> I bought it on Craigslist. I go, 500 bucks. And the guy goes, how much? He goes, those things are over two grand. I go, then I, then I got a good deal. How do I install it? And he sends me all this, inf- like, I just took care of it. It's amazing. I'm just saying, if you work with God, God will work with you. He makes ways. Always makes ways. Now, would I like him to drop a million-dollar check in my mailbox? I'll, I'll tithe off it. I promise. I will. <laughs> I'm kidding with y'all. So, Okay, so let's keep going because I am getting into the weeds a little bit. So, so listen, this is about God's redemptive order. So, like, let's say you got paid $1,000. You have 10 $100 bills. Which one is the redemptive one? The first one. The first one you spend. That's why I say tithe to God. Somebody asked me recently, they said, how do you tithe? I said, I, I get, my, my check shows up in my account on Thursdays. I technically get paid on Fridays, every two weeks. I log in on our website. I click the give button. I have an account set up. I put my little fingerprint on it because then it opens up, puts all my passwords in for me. I look at what the total gross was. I go in, I log in what the total gross was, and I tithe. That's it. And, oh, by the way, I need to add this part. Oh, somebody said gross, not net. Yeah, I do do the gross because I want them to bless the gross. But, but I do this. God, you know our needs and you know how this will build the kingdom. So make this bless people and continue to keep us safe and blessed. I don't make it a big giant. If there's a particular need, I pray to it. 
Like I've had one thing that God asked me to give to beyond tithing recently, just a week ago. And there's another one that will be this week. And I haven't talked to Heather about it yet. So I'll, I'll talk to her and say, what are we going to do? But I already know I'm supposed to do it. Just how much? Oh, by the way, I have life too. I got a daughter getting married, remember? I haven't mentioned weddings are expensive. Yeah, they are. They're really expensive. So you're like, who in the right mind gives away money when you got a big old bill coming up? Crazy daughter had to have a nice place. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's actually not that nice, but it is nice. So you've got to listen to when God says over and above. Honor him with the first. Give beyond when he says to give. Like, man, I don't even know who this was. You know, Christopher, you're sitting back there. You're going to Thailand with us next summer. You paying anything, Christopher? No, because somebody decided they wanted to send him. I don't even know who wanted to send him. They said, we want to put this into a young person to go. I said, okay, I think I know the person. And it was so fun. When I told his family, mama just went, oh, praise Jesus. That's a, that's a, it's a quote. I'm not playing. See, you can't make this stuff up. This stuff's fun. If you live in the way God blesses, it is actually quite fun. I'll tell you stories at other, other sermons because we do have to do communion in a second, and I'm running out of time. Okay, so remember what God said when he said it to, to Malachi. He said, test me. Don't knock it until you try it. I would challenge you, test him. Test him. Look at your check. Give to God. Listen, this is what it will mean for some of you. For some of you, it'll mean this. You're not going to go on vacation. You're like, you don't want me to go on vacation because you want me to tithe? Listen, I'm not in control of your stuff. Do you want to live underneath blessing or not? Some of you are going to buy a car instead of tithing. I'm telling on you all right now. Why do I drive a 20-year-old car? Because I tithe. I'm being 100% so I don't have enough money to buy a car. But I can keep the one I got running, and that's what I do. By the way, I have fun in my truck. I ain't going to lie. I off-road all the time. I, I like it. I don't care. I like that God has taught me this, is what I'm trying to teach you. So some of you, you're going to have to make decisions to get to where you can give and honor God. Don't go on vacation with God's money. Don't buy a car with God's money. Don't buy a nicer house with God's money. Don't bless your grandbabies with God's money. Listen, I'm just trying to tell you how to live in principle. You'll watch God show up for them way more if you honor him first than if you do it your way. I'm just trying to preach to you the truth. God will meet you if you'll honor him first. Man, I got more notes, but I'm going to wrap up with one last story, and then we're going to take communion together. So when you live this kind of a lifestyle, sometimes it might mean that you don't have what you want. Sometimes it might mean you've got to wait to get what you want. By the way, like I love Santosh's story. I just saw his wife nod. He said, we went and looked at new cars, and we figured out they're really expensive. And I had a choice to honor a missionary or get a car. I think he chose right. I think he chose right. I just think that that's how God does kingdom life. So, so it blesses me when I watch people say yes to God and no to selfishness or no to other things. We all have wants. We all have things. Listen, I'd like a bigger house. I'd like a nicer car. I'd like lots of things. But the truth is none of those things, are, they're going to burn you're going to leave this earth and that thing is going to be behind. It's not going to go with you. It might give you a little bit of comfort in this life, but listen, listen, 
I'm banking on the next life. I really am. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. And then we're going to take communion together. So when you get to heaven, what happens? Some of you never even thought about this. What do you do in heaven? You worship. I worship him now. What difference is that? What are you, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Lay your crowns before his feet. What else? Why would Jesus have proverbs or, or, or parables that say, like, you've been faithful, I'm going to make you the ruler over ten cities? Think maybe you might rule in heaven? Yes. 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 Like, like let, let me ask the question this way. Do you think heaven is a place of productivity? Yes. Do you, let, me, let me ask it another way. Do you think God makes anything that isn't productive? No. No. It's a whole be fruitful and multiply kind of. This is what heaven, this is my estimation biblically, by the way. This is, just, this is my opinion only. Yes, you will worship. Yes, you will cast your crowns. Yes, you will see him and know and be fully known. That's what the scriptures say. But I am 100% sure if he says to the, the, the disciples, I want to make you a pillar in the temple of God. He's not talking about a stone pillar. He's talking about a person of authority. That means everybody in heaven has a role. A responsibility. Like you ain't going to get wings and float around and sing Kumbaya all day. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to have a responsibility and a role. Watch, this is the best part. Without sin. That's that's really important. Why are you a Christian? I'm a Christian because I needed my sins forgiven. So that I can live in eternity with Jesus without sin. So do you think you'll be productive in heaven? 100% 100% sure of it. I'm 100% sure that one of y'all are going to be my gardener. No, I'm playing. I'm <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. I, it's one of my favorite jokes, but that's a joke. Who knows? Maybe I'll be yours. But the reality is this, that we're all going to have to steward our lives on earth to be, listen, rewarded in heaven. Jesus said something like this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter your rest. See, there is a reward. When you talk about believers getting judged, you're not getting judged for sin. You're getting judged for stewardship. You're getting judged for what you did with Jesus on the earth to be rewarded in heaven. This is not often preached. You know, your sins are forgiven. You're going to heaven. Let's change the world. Hello? Let's make a difference in people's lives. See, and the only way you get that is when you lower yourself and you make God what? That's it. Just that. That's it. It's got to be you, your heart, your time. Listen, I I promise you this. If I can get 10% of you to live like that, this church will be 10 times as big in a year. I'm telling you, look, I got a pastor sitting, shaking his head at me, second row. He's like, you're telling the truth right now. You know why? Because when people give themselves away, people are drawn to that because it's Christ in you and Jesus is attractive. People are drawn to that. I love it when people say, man, I knew there was something different about you. And they're speaking of Christ in me. I love that. That's like the greatest compliment somebody can ever give me. I knew you were different, but I didn't know why. It's the greatest compliment. So Santosh, I want to invite you up. I want to invite you up. I want to prepare us to take some communion. So as we start to consider, we're about to take communion. Okay, so communion is the celebration of God giving Jesus for you and I. Is that a big deal? It's a big deal. 
So listen, listen. Let, let me say something really clear. If you don't give, you're still going to go to heaven. Uh, Pastor, you just said all the other things. No, I didn't. I said you'll be rewarded for what you do here. Giving doesn't stop you from going to heaven, but it proves that Christ is in you living well and alive. When I see selfishness and greed, that's the works of the flesh. When I see righteousness and truth and generosity, that's the works of the Spirit. So listen, listen. You don't need to be there today. I wasn't. I was probably six, seven, eight years in the Lord before I finally realized I need to give faithfully. I used to give, by the way, like I said, I'd give like a, here's a hundred bucks, here's 50 bucks, here's 75 bucks. I was a waiter, so I always had a pocket full of money and I'd always like give something. And I remember somebody taught me this. They said, you need to be actually tithing. So I had to start figuring out what is 10% of my tips, my paycheck. And I started giving that and then I just started watching God continue to provide and bless and promote. I found myself in jobs I never thought I would have because I was faithful with things that God gave me. By the way, I'm telling your story right now. I am. You start to honor God. You'll watch him do that for you as well. Doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. I want you to be blessed on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to invite some of you to pass out communion to the rest of us. Once everybody is served, I'm going to lead you in a time of, of just introspection and, and we'll partake together and then I'll dismiss you.